welcome to the After the Sermon podcast. My name is Joe, and this is a Bethany Church podcast that we get to do every week. We get to dive into the sermon that was preached on Sunday, or that will be preached this Sunday, uh, February 14th. It's going to be today. So we are excited. We're doing the In Him uh, sermon, and I'm joined by... I almost called you Tammy. (laughs) (laughs) It's not Tammy. Glenna. That's right. And Pastor Baxley, Pastor David Baxley. So uh, I know one's ever called me that before. (laughs) What's happening, (laughs) Joe? We're we're, uh, you know, if it wasn't for the fact that we're already in this, I would say let's start over again. But we're just keep going. Let's keep going. We're we're, we're powering through. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, Thad's not here to stop us. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So we are in Colossians two. And uh, David, do you want to give us a rundown of it, and then we'll just kind of jump in as we? Yeah. Go? Well, we are. Uh, so the last Colossian sermon uh, we had was, um, you know, thir- uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, we ended. Um, we're pretty much basically so far with two messages. We've been through verse uh, uh, twenty in Colossians chapter one, and um, due to COVID, we missed last week the planned uh, message that was going to keep us going, uh, starting with the first chapter one verse. Uh, uh, verse 21, and um, <clears throat> and so now we're kind of jumping way ahead all the way to chapter 2. This is one I was sla- uh, slotted to preach in a couple of weeks, but just with COVID, we wanted to keep going into the Colossians series, but yeah. we are jumping ahead. So for those that feel like, man, what have we skipped in getting to this point? Uh, we skipped a lot of good stuff, and we're going to come back and hit it. Not the ideal mm-hmm. way of doing this right now. Definitely not what we preferred. This wasn't the order we planned, but we're just kind of adjusting to um, some quarantines that needed to happen and things like that. And so so uh, we'll come in and hit that. So as we get into chapter 2 uh, in this section, we're gonna, this, the message started with verse 16, but we're coming out of a section that Paul's already been developing, and I think he opens it well in, um, in verse 8 as he, as he says, Hey, be careful not that no one takes you captive through philosophy or empty deceit based off human tradition. And then he begins to describe that a little bit more. And, and as we get into verse 16, we're coming out where he has laid out a clear, um, a, a beautiful gospel presentation right there, a, a part of the gospel right there. And then we get into, so because of this, here's how we need to respond. Because of this. And, and it's interesting, often when Paul writes, I, I feel like he always says, so make sure you don't do this, make sure you don't do this, you know, like avoid these things and that type of thing. But instead, I feel like he's, he's coming at it from a little different perspective. He's like, don't let other people tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. Don't let other people tell you what you can't do. And that's a, that's a kind of a different spin. We don't usually come across that uh, when we get into, get into messages in Paul's letters. He's normally directly addressing. And here he's like, hey, don't let anyone condemn you. Don't let anybody judge you based off what you drink or what you eat or a matter of like human traditions and the Sabbath. And he goes to things like that. Don't let anybody condemn you and tell you you have to practice uh, these certain rules that we haven't given you and passed on to you. Uh, and, and so really he's challenging us. And what he's really getting into, I think, is a challenge against something that it's, it's kind of a, a, a tagline, which we want to be careful we don't use it too often. But I think it really applies here, the idea of legalism. And what that what that is, and on Sunday I kind of gave two two definitions, yeah. which can kind of be our starting point today. And and so in asking questions, so what is legalism? What do I think Paul was addressing here? Well, I think there's two pieces of this. First is uh, treating biblical standards of conduct as as regulations to be kept by our own power in order to earn God's favor. Yeah. 
And the key in this is one, I think power and favor. It's when we are in our own power, we're actually denying the gospel. Hmm. When we're just like making sure that everything is within our own power, that's a delicate line sometimes to walk, but it's one that I have realized in my own life that I easily fall into my own power. And in doing that, it, even though my motives might be good, I fall into the idea of legalism because I'm, not longer, I'm no longer relying on Jesus. I'm relying on my ability. But the second part of that, I think, is just important in order to earn God's favor. I, I, I don't know how, but I know in my life, I, I didn't get to share a lot of this on Sunday because it wasn't the main thing, but I know that I've wrestled a lot with the idea of earning God's favor. That's a tough one. If I sin, God likes me less. Mm-hmm. If, if I'm struggling with a certain sin or, or the other way can be sometimes too, I don't struggle with that sin. So maybe God likes me more. Mm-hmm. And that is a lie straight from the enemy of God, because that is not how God operates. So mm-hmm. a question I have then is, is there anything we can do in our own power to earn God's favor? <laughs> Glenda just, <laughs> just looks at me with that smile. She's like, I, she's like, I ain't going there. Mm-mm, no, you just go, David. You just go. <laughs> um, what I think, of, I think in some sense, there's, a, there's maybe a tension on what we mean by earning God's favor. But mm-hmm. in the sense of, does God like me more or less? No, there's nothing you can do. Does God love me more or less? No, there's nothing you can do. There are things I can do in my life that might hinder blessings that God's wanting to work through me or might hinder mm-hmm. things that God wanted to do do in my life that might even be, I didn't get to fully experience things that God had for me because I, I chose sin mm-hmm. instead of what God had for me. So are, are the consequences of sin and how it affects my walk with God there? Absolutely. But that's different than my sin causing me to lose the love and favor of my father. Yeah. I can't imagine what my son could do. And I could think of terrible things that lose my favor or my love. I, I, I can't imagine not, not, in, not saying back, even after a tough conversation, uh, even having to address. I mean, we've had some, I just, and I know parents have even had to wrestle with calling the police on kids and things like that. But even in those situations, they didn't, the kids did not lose their parents' favor. They did not lose love. Yeah. Tough things had to happen consequences of mm-hmm. sin. And we do know that, that God brings discipline. But who does he bring discipline on? Those he loves. Those he loves. Mm-hmm. So, so God's discipline does not mean I've lost favor with God or the love of God. God's discipline means he really loves me. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he does have things that he wants to do in my life. He, he created me for a kingdom purpose, for his glory. And his discipline has brought on me out of love to help me complete that, that, that satisfaction to have in him and my relationship with him. I think the struggle is the whole word blessing. Because we see that a lot, you know, hmm. if you do this, I will bless you. If you do this, I will bless you. And so, but th- with the idea that, that 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 can lead us very quickly into legalism, into, well, then here's a list of all the things I have to do, yeah. because if I don't, God won't bless me. And, and that, I think, is where there can be a lot of tension between legalism and living our lives in him as the as the sermon title is through him connected you know um connected to the vine um and and so i think what you said is a really good distinction hmm. blessings 
not that God isn't totally in control, but often blessings are the natural consequence of the choices I make one way or the other, good or bad, um, rather than, well, I somehow don't have God's favor because I, he, like you said, he loves me less because I did this and I didn't get that, that, bless, that blessing. Well, yeah. But even in Matthew 5, we wrestle with this, um, that uh, he, he's talking about loving our enemies, praying for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your father in heaven. And his, his, his defense of that for even God causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. And he sends rain mm-hmm. on the righteous and the unrighteous. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially in this time period, and we look at this and we see this in the Old Testament too, rain, lack of rain. Like often, whether they were, uh, the Jewish people saw, was, are we under God's judgment? And there were times they were. And, and, the, and secular uh, idol worship, they often said, well, we don't have rain. What do we need to do? How do we need to dance? What do we need to sacrifice? Or those things. So they saw them as, as favors on God. And God's like, yeah, but remember, I... I'm not out here just like looking at who deserves rain, who deserves sunshine today based off how evil that they are. That's, that's not the motivation of God. Mm-hmm. And, and I, we miss this. This is such a significant scripture, to, I think, to understand mm-hmm. the heart of God and, and how he, he does discipline. And there were times mm-hmm. he disciplined Israel, but it was for restoration. God doesn't just like, yeah. oh, you weren't good enough today. Sorry, you don't get this. That's not how God operates. Mm-hmm. He does discipline because he has to deal with sin. So I, I want to keep right. coming back to that. I don't want people to think that's not there. But especially with those that are followers of Christ, those that have surrendered life to him, they're not under God's wrath anymore. So he's not just smiting. Right. We're, we're, under God's, we're now grace. under God's grace. Mm-hmm. Covered the, by the blood. Yes, covered by the blood. So now we get to experience discipline, but in love. Like, again, mm-hmm. that's the motivation even of God in that. It's his kindness that even brings people to repentance. That brings us to repentance. I just think that's such a, we, we have a wrong view of God when we think we can, we have to earn God's favor mm-hmm. and that my sin is fluctuating the favor I have with God or fluctuating the favor others have with God. Well, a wrong view of God. And then I think we have to bring in the idea that it, it's, um, it's a pride, um, issue. I've followed this list of rules and, you know, my neighbor hasn't. So, so I have a wrong view of how God looks at that list, and then I have a wrong view of how God looks at me because of that list, and it becomes either pride or shame. Mm. When all along God loved me, God, yeah. God still loves me. Your parent um, example is very good. You might be disappointed when your son chooses to do something that he knows he shouldn't, but it's not, it doesn't change how you feel. It doesn't change that idea of grace, you know, that you, that there's grace there for him. Well, and let's even pop the bubble here a little bit. Like, let's look at examples of some pretty evil people throughout history. Even in, we, we came out of our, our series on Daniel. Look at the blessings of Nebuchadnezzar. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had power. He had riches. The dude was evil. He was a, he, he hurt people. He tortured people. He destroyed nations. He, I mean, I, we didn't go into the type of, disgusting evil he did and he was an idol worshiper and all these things and yet if we want to define blessings of things we get and and how the good things are going in life by somehow our approval well are we saying god was approving of of nebuchadnezzar's evil mm-hmm. because he had all those, like it, it's an idea that can't hold up in any narrative of the bible right yeah. but we want um 
um, I don't know, words are in my head, forgive me. We want to be able to perform because in our own performance of God, we think we can determine our value and know what to fix. And it comes back to our own power. Mm-hmm. We like the idea that because we like fair, we have this yeah. notion of fairness. Like somehow if Joe and I both mm-hmm. do the same thing and God treats Joe differently, not me differently, God somehow isn't just or fair. Yep. But that's not how God defines not justice. Our defini- yeah. Yeah. Not our defi- definition. And I think all of these lies just lead into this first idea of legalism. Well, and I think it's been very pervasive throughout a lot of Christianity that, um, you know, if, if I do all the things right and I, you know, I go to church and I, you know, read the Bible and I teach my kids the way I should and I, you know, I don't cheat or steal or, you know, here's your long list. If I do all of those, now my pride kind of says, now God owes me a good mm-hmm. life. Ooh. You know? Ooh, that's it's, good. It's kind of like... And and I Ooh. I have to say I came into my adult life somewhere way in the back of my mind believing that. I mean, I grew up, my mm-hmm. father's a pastor, and he never taught me that, but there was something in the back of my mind that that thought, you know, I deserve this because I've kept this long list of stuff. Man, that's just pride. Well, that, mm-hmm. Paul Paul hits that in our section from Sunday, verse 18, he talks about People are inflated. Yep. Like their egos are inflated. Their mm-hmm. ideas of themselves are higher than what they need to be. Um, and, and of their unspiritual mind. And, and, and the contrast of they think they're spiritual. They think they've got it all figured out. Mm-hmm. But they're missing the, the biblical right. narrative of, what is, of how God works spiritually. And then he says the same thing. He talks about promoting self-made religion, which is false in false humility. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so the pride thing is a big Yep. That's Man. that's a big piece of that is really thinking we're we're better than we in thinking that we're better than we are, we actually lessen God and we lessen what mm-hmm. Jesus had to do. Right. And we and I, I think one of the my I'll be honest with you, one of my favorite I have to say this a lot, but I, but it's because it, it it sincerely reminds me, have mercy on me, God a sinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and reminding myself, Psalms 105, I think this is 105, forgive me if I'm wrong, but the Lord does not treat me as my sin deserves. Yeah. Yep. And that's another great reminder of this. God says I don't, he's not going to treat us as our sin deserves. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a great song, Shane and Shane, I think it's based off Psalms. 91. Is it 91? Okay. Like I'm know. not, I'm forgetting right now, but I one of the things uh, is, um, Lord, you know the hearts of men, yet still you let them live. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and see, that's like scriptures mm-hmm. echoed with God, not just dealing with us according mm-hmm. to our sin as we deserve. Mm-hmm. And though it's right to know what, God, what holiness is, it's also right to know that my favor with God is not changed by my attempts of making myself more holy yep. Uh, yep. in that. And that's where legalism sneaks mm-hmm. in and tries to, we put on our performance for God as if God doesn't know our hearts. Right. Right. As if, you know, if I do the dishes tonight, that God will bless me, even though the whole time I'm doing it, I'm like, someone else should have done these dishes. Yeah. And right, yeah. my heart, like, that's not looking. Where's God actually dealing with it? Mm-hmm. And we don't like that. We want God just to see our actions and let him define us that way. Because nice. we don't even like going to the heart. That can even happen, like, in the, in the home. Like, the husband could be like, well, I'm doing the dishes, so my wife better do the laundry or... It's not fair. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. like it could be even tasks like that, not even mm-hmm. between us and God, but between us and another human being. 
Whereas yeah, we're not righteous. laying down mm-hmm. our lives for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, we're looking at, look at how much I've sacrificed. Now I expect everybody else to sacrifice mm-hmm. this much for me. And if they don't, then I'm done and I'm cutting you off and I'm not being your friend because I'm getting rid of people in my life who aren't like me. <laughs> Is that too harsh? Too harsh? <laughs> Did I go too far on that? You know, you know Joe, I, I'm not here to, to judge you on microphone. We'll talk after the podcast. No, we'll go to lunch. We'll go to lunch. We'll go to lunch. And I think the other direction that we need to look at is that for many believers, there is a great pride in, I read my Bible every day, or I I read through the Bible every year, or I study X number of hours, or, you know, um, I'm always in church, you know, every time the door is open, I'm in church, where it, it that where all of those are really good things yeah. all of those are things we should do but it's done out of a heart of pride and and I'm you know I'm I'm throwing myself into this because you know that makes God happy rather than I'm doing this because I want to stay connected to a yeah. God right. who loves me and wants to guide me through my day my week my year um and that's a really subtle legalism that I think is very easy yeah, to fall I think into. Something personally that I've been going through, like in the last month, has just been this humility thing. It almost seems like as we're going through Colossians as a church together, God just keeps highlighting humility, humility, humility. Like mm-hmm. you're not that great, and I am awesome. When Jesus goes, or when Paul goes through who Jesus is, mm-hmm. starting the series with who Jesus is and how mm-hmm. amazing he is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just, it makes you go to your knees. That's pretty much the only thing in worship that you can do. And, and I wonder too, a, a temperature check to some of the things you were mentioning, Glenna, like some of these examples you've mentioned, Joe, I think it can also be how we respond to people that maybe aren't. So maybe it is, it is good to be in, our, in the Word of God. It is good to be spending time with God in prayer. It is good to be at church uh, every week on a regular basis. So everyone to say that there's something healthy that occurs with that type of reputation, with that commitment to the fellowship. I mean, we, we are told that in Scripture, be devoted to our fellowship, devoted to our prayers, to be devoted to being together. Don't neglect that. Like, that's there in Scripture. But I think that one of the, the temperature checks on whether I'm legalistic about it is my reaction when someone's not that way. Mm-hmm. If I'm angry, put off, disgusted, annoyed, short with those people, then that's legalism. Mm-hmm. If I'm full of compassion yeah. and saying, oh, I wish you could see what, how much better it could be. Mm-hmm. I wish you knew the blessings of a, of, of a deeper commitment. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, I get why you're not there because I've had to wrestle through those things in my own life, but but throw those other things off because if only you could taste and see how good God is mm-hmm. and all these other things, that's yep. the heart of Subtle God. Subtle difference. Subtle and, difference. And, and our internal attitude is that temperature check mm-hmm. of whether we have an affection of legalism or whether we have God's grace yep. uh, motivating us in yep, love right. and compassion for others. Yep. And that's a big thing. And I think another temperature check just on that is, Am I, am I just, you know, getting through my chapters and reading so that I can check off my list that I did it today? Because I feel, kind of feel guilty if I don't mm. um, and not feel as good as my, about myself. Or am I, am I there because I know that that's how God directs my day? That's how God communicates what, who he is? 
how he wants um, my life to be lived out. Um, and that is so subtle, but that is a huge yeah, difference. That's a good word, too. That's a huge that's difference. So we could probably hang out. I want to go to the other definition of legal. We've, we've gotten through the first three minutes of my message so far. No, I'm uh, you can uh, talk but, more in your group. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is good because I, I don't get to hang out here. We don't get to hang out here on Sunday. Yeah. So I'm actually glad we're talking about this a little bit. The next definition was um, erecting specific requirements of conduct beyond the teaching of Scripture and making them standards for all Christians to be right in how they live out their faith. Mm-hmm. So adding to, and this is where we get into where, where Paul was going, I think, especially in, into um, all I, of the, of, primarily, this is what I think Paul's addressing here. He does a little bit different with the worship of angels, but primarily, I think what he's addressing here is things like um, food and drink, where people were adding to rules. And, and the interesting part is the food and drink uh, festivals and new moons and the Sabbath day, it's a, it's a really fine line because they were pulling from the Old Testament. Yep. They were pulling from rules. Mm-hmm. Joe, we, yep. we spent yeah. in our Bible study, like about this time last year, we were really starting to get through Eticus, Leviticus, yeah. Numbers, and we went through all those laws and we really wrestled through how to, what they mean. And we wrestled through the Sabbath. I remember. Yeah, especially the Sabbath. Yeah, we really were, were what, what is it that this, this, but if I only read the Old Testament and I ignored the light of the New Testament to understand that I would probably come like these people did. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and I, would, I would have that attitude. And, and so in a sense, I get why some people might have that, but we have to remember what Jesus taught us. The Sabbath is made for man, not man for the Sabbath. We, we, have, to, we have to understand too, like there was, a, there was a shift as the Gentiles were brought into the church. We were no longer Jews. We were the church. Mm-hmm. We were no longer Israel under specific laws and commands that God gave for Israel to be a beacon of his light into a world as a, not only a, a group of people, but a nation and how they practice. And there's a lot that goes in the Old Testament law about that. And so the religious practices that even in Jesus' death were no longer needed as a part of worship because he was the last and final mm-hmm. for that. And, and we miss that if we only read the Old Testament, if we just go back and say, what are the rules? Uh, and, and I think it's because we look at something like the Ten Commandments, which absolutely do. There's a moral imperative of the Ten Commandments that is not a religious practice, but a moral command imperative connected to the holiness of God and how we, and how we live, lying, stealing, adultery, murder, right? We're not questioning these things. These are things Jesus affirmed in the New Testament. Paul affirms in his letters. But at the same time is recognizing that the ritualness, the ritual practices of the Old Testament law as well, Jesus fulfilled those. What did Paul say in verse 17? These are a shadow mm-hmm, of what was yeah. to come in the, and the substance is Christ. Mm-hmm. And so Christ, these things that were a shadow that were meant to show us the need for Christ and meant to show us what Christ would eventually do, the the blood sacrifices and even even all the beautiful things we see in the tabernacle and the symbolism and and all these things, that they were all a shadow. And we go back to those, you know what we live in? We live in the shadow. Mm -hmm. We don't actually live with Christ. And so he's coming back and he's challenging them. And at the same time, you're, you're still living in the shadow and you're missing Jesus who's right there in front of you. I said on Sunday, mm-hmm. this is what the Pharisees did. And the thing is, the Pharisees, I think their motivation was really good. Right. Yes. Like, like, they, they wanted so. the people to be holy. They mm-hmm. wanted the people to be right with God. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they saw Jesus as a threat. And I think about what Jesus said in the book of John. He said, you search the scriptures to find me and I'm right here, but you can't see me. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's where legalism is birthed out of. We search the yeah. scriptures, but the Pharisees were searching the scriptures for rules, mm-hmm. not for Jesus. Yep. They, they weren't searching to understand God's desire for relationship and intimacy with his people. They were searching for, how do I prove I'm the good one? I'm the righteous one. I'm the holy one. And you know what I learned even from the Old Testament? None of us are righteous. No, not one. Mm-hmm. Not even you? Not mm-hmm. even me. I am way worse than you two. I am way worse than you two. Um, well, I'm worse than Glenna. <laughs> uh, right. I appreciate you know, and so, so, so we can't even by that. Mm-hmm. I can't even begin to try to walk in holiness without Jesus. Right. That's and. Good. So I think that's a, and I think that's what we find ourselves also running into a lot in the church. And, and I think part of the first thing flows into the second one. In that first attitude of legalism and pride and all of that that we kind of were talking about, it takes us into where Paul was really beginning to have to address the, atto of this, the attitude of seeing things and missing Jesus. Mm-hmm. They saw the practices and they missed Jesus. And that's a Again, you keep saying it, a subtle difference because we say we're doing them for Jesus and the motivation may be good, but the Mm -hmm. consequences and, and, and again, he says, don't let people like that condemn you. Right. Don't let them tell, tell you as, um, I think it's a ESV says in verse 18, um, disqualify you Mm -hmm. as if somehow you're now not worthy. You're now not a part of the family of God. You're not, he's like, don't let any of that. And, and I love how he says this, because if you died with Christ to the elements of this world, why do you live as if you still belong to the world? Mm-hmm. And interesting, normally we think still belong to the world. We think sin, right? We think don't live like the world does. Sexual morality, adultery, drunkenness, lying, uh, you know, murder. Like we think of those things. But in this case, he's like, he's more comparing these to religious traditions. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't, mm-hmm. don't treat the Sabbath that way and judge other people as if you still live in the old, yep. in the old world and the old covenant in that way. Don't, don't add rules and regulations to all these people as if somehow those things of the world are going to fix you and make you holy. Hmm. Why do you submit to those things, he says? Because they, and he closes with they have no value. No value. Mm-hmm. Well, they mm-hmm. appear to be. That's a, hmm. that's where I, I think... Both these times of legalism, though, I want to admit, I, I can struggle with in my own life. Yeah. I, 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 just, I, I think, and I think because I'm so sensitive to this latter one, I tend to have the attitude of the first. <laughs> and they, they sneak back and forth into each other where I can look at things and be like, well, I'm not legalistic. Look at me. I'm free. And then I don't respond in compassion and love with those that maybe uh, do do feel like they need to walk in certain things. And we talked about that in Romans 14, mm-hmm. which I think is a, is a perfect passage to pair up with this. Yeah. And the command to recognize, and this, we have a hard time with this, but this is one of the most revealing things in Romans 14. Glenda, if you feel that is wrong for you to do, it would be sin for you to do it. Mm-hmm. But that same thing, Joe, if you don't feel convicted about that, yeah. it's not sin for you. Oh, we don't like that. That really messes Whoa. with our legalism. Don't yeah. start harassing Glenna for yes. doing it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. don't start harassing Joe for not. Mm-hmm. Now, again, to clarify this so it doesn't get mistaken, these are things that are not commanded in Scripture, outlined for us in the New Testament. We know the moral code, uh, if mm-hmm. we want to go that way out, we want to kind of contrast that with like the Ten Commandments or, or bring that, compare it with the Ten Commandments of holiness, of obedience that God has called to. Paul gets, gets in that in chapter 3. He begins to just lay those things out, evil desires, greed, idolatry, sexual morality. Like we're going to get there. But 
the things that aren't that, stop it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I had a friend in high school who was really convicted about driving the speed limit. And he was like, I'm not going a mile over the speed limit. And he would tell everybody, and, and like, I'd be going five miles over, and he'd be like, what is wrong with you? Are you even a Christian? You're breaking the law. Oh. And I was like. Sounds like a great friend. And I, and I was a better friend to him. Yeah, I bet you were. I said, yeah. you're a slow grandma. <laughs> so in that instance, we were not loving each other. We were not mm-hmm. living out the Romans 14. You have this conviction live by your conviction. I don't. You judge and condemn mm-hmm. each other yeah. from just different angles of your own version mm-hmm. of legalism. Exactly. Yep. So there, I'm confessing my sin. So. <laughs> this is why I know Glenn is better this is than you. Glenn is better. <laughs> yeah. But earlier you were, you were talking about some of the, um, some of the stories, you know, uh, we were talking with Tammy beforehand and she was like, you know, maybe worth even talk about some of those things that pop up in our life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think of some of the things I remember running into. The Sabbath was one of them growing up that I remember run, running into that, like very much. Um, and I think there's a, there's a difference between um, the legalism of the Sabbath, but also if we want to say, but I want to protect time with God and my fellowship. See, that's a, that's a narrative echoed with scripture. That is something we still see overflow into the New Testament. Be devoted to your fellowship, your community, your church family. Don't neglect gathering together. I think that speaks to multiple things, not just a service on Sunday morning, but I think that's a part of it. Uh, don't neglect those things. And so, but it's, but it went farther than that as I was growing up and, and almost to the point of, and we will not do laundry. And I'm like, well, I, I got to have underwear for tomorrow. No, we will not do laundry. You know, like, like that's where I think we, mm-hmm. we, we began to. And people that did or, you know, you saw them out mowing the lawn. I remember like, whoa, they're mowing the lawn on God's day. And, and, uh, and missing it, that and that. And that, that's one that always stood out to me. I remember as I grew up as a teenager, I started getting God's word. I'm like, huh. Well, apparently here it says one day can be as good as the next and to not treat others that way and... Mm-hmm. I need to rethink this. Oh, there were so many um, things like that when I was growing up, and it was just the it it was accepted by everyone. You know, you you were godly if you did these things, and you were not godly if you mowed if your you, lawn you on Sunday while you were preaching. Yeah, yeah. Terrible. I only have to Terrible. if I'm really cold because I have no hair. That's the only reason I would do it. <laughs> I was telling David when I was quite young. Um, I remember walking in, my dad was a pastor, I remember walking into church one Sunday, and there was a lady standing in our foyer that had lipstick on. And that was shocking to me. Because you didn't wear makeup. Yeah, Makeup was not godly. For whatever reason, I don't even know why it wasn't. But there were Hmm. so many of those kind of things that were um, accepted. And, And one of the things I was telling David earlier was, for me, the saddest thing about that is that Christianity in general in the non-Christian world has a horrible reputation because of those things mm. and because we're very judgmental about those things. Yeah. So, so our witness in our community was first, and I think we're doing so much better in the church now than we were then. And even at that time, there was, um, you know, a lot of people that were going, I don't think this is right. But it took a long time for us to get to where we are now. But I just think we have that legacy 
in our in the community of people that aren't believers that says you're just a bunch of really judgmental mm. people that have that have all these rules that you have to live by and it hurts it hurts us and in that i think what happens is because god does have commands that we are to follow but when we add to that and mm-hmm. we keep making all these things, we become like the Pharisees who heaped, heaped, heaped rules on the people they could never keep. Right. And, and, and if we do that, we can't even bring to them the, 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 the way God has called us to live. Because we've heaped and we've heaped and we heaped. And they're like, yep. I, I, can't, I, I can't do that. Like, what do you even, like, like, what is this? And then they even read scripture. They're like, it says this, but you're telling me I also have to do this, but it doesn't even say that there. Like, what is this? Um, is this a man-made thing? Is this a God thing? And, and in, in that, I think in our, in our desire to make the gospel pure, we actually attack and destroy the gospel. Yes, yes. Because sure. we undermine Jesus. Right. Because we make it about all these extra things. That's what the Pharisees were doing. Mm-hmm. Their motive was right with God or righteousness before God. But they weren't. But they were adding to Scripture. Mm-hmm. They were adding to the commands of God, so that no one couldn't possibly ever sin. And they were actually kind of approaching this, kind of like, uh, like this this other group too, as well. Not just the traditionary ones, but also the um, uh, those that were uh, ascetic practices. Those that were like adding so rules, like don't do anything that could possibly lead you to sin. Like, don't go there. Yeah. Don't experience too much pleasure because if you pleasure too much, then you might end up being over here with sin mm-hmm. and might take that too far. And, you know, and I, I think there are things that we, you know, food and drink is a great example of that. Uh, a, you know, one. like, I mean, if I'm honest, like, I think that we approach that with, um, you know, I grew up a long time being told how that alcohol was a sin. And as I studied scripture, I'm like, well, who was telling me these things? Mm-hmm. And I realized I studied the scriptures and I saw the warnings against drunkenness and I saw the commands against that yeah. and the dangers of it, but not a command to not drink. Mm-hmm. And so now, I, and now I'm wrestling with going like, I can, I can understand you wanting to share with me wisdom of, of not drinking. I can totally appreciate that. Totally appreciate that. Uh, and, and there are times in people's lives, if they struggle with alcohol, that they shouldn't, they shouldn't drink. They should make that rule mm-hmm. for themselves. But when we begin to take that and say where the Bible gives caution and wisdom and we therefore make commands, we have added to scripture, yeah. we have undermined the gospel, and, and we have fought against to say God's commands weren't even good enough. So maybe the, he needed mine to he help out. my extra help. Woo! And oh, I no. will add a number four to that. And we have totally negated the idea that this is a relationship with God mm. who, through his word, guides my life totally. We totally, we totally take that away mm. when all we are is rules. And, and, and to, to do that says that, that being a Christian, being a, a Christ follower, is just a bunch of rules. And we just don't have room for actually a relationship of being led by the Holy Spirit, being, um, you know, ministered to through what God has for me in the scriptures and learning what he wants for me to do. We don't, we don't give any room for that. We don't give any room for that. I think that's such a, and, and we, and I think it's because we just feel more comfortable with commands. Mm. Oh you know, yeah, right. We do, just we just give me my list. Yes. Oh, my and, personality loves the list. And I do too. I'm a like I'm a I'm a rule guy. Like mm-hmm. even though I don't agree with the rule, there's 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 some rules right now in the world around us that I don't fully even know where I think as far as 
with I agree fully with those rules, but man, my personality sure just wants it. That's a rule I, I'm gonna do. You know, like I'm gonna do it. You know, like and so I can I could see how my brain would do that, but I really I end up I hurt the gospel. I hurt. I become contrary to to what God is doing, and I come contrary to your relationship with God. Instead, mm-hmm. my call as your brother and sister, Romans 14 really speaks to that, is to walk it with you in love to Glenn, if you're feeling that, I'm going to support you in right. that. Right. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to judge you and condemn you for it. I'm right. going to love you for it. Mm-hmm. But then I need you to also love me back that I don't agree with that. So maybe you know that if I'm not with you, I might not live to that same way when I'm not with you. But you're okay with that too because you love me and we respect mm-hmm. each other yep. mutually in our relationship with God. And as, as we talked about on Sunday, so that we don't tear apart the work of the gospel. Mm-hmm. We don't yep. tear apart. That's what Paul said in Romans 14. Don't tear it apart yep. because yep. of this type of judgment and condemning. And I think that's probably maybe what was happening in Colossians. Maybe it was starting to tear them apart. Yes. I, yeah, I think so. And, and I think also they were, you know, new Christians struggling to figure out this whole, you know, this whole new way. And so um, I, I think we have an enemy that will use whatever he can to yeah. not oh, make yeah. it move forward like at the beginning of Colossians Paul says I've heard about your love for each other Mm. yeah they were doing well man keep it keep it going don't let something so Mm -hmm. trivial like this pull you apart and rip Mm -hmm. the gospel to shreds yep I remember there was a young man 20 years ago I was uh I was preaching at a uh at a service actually uh a night service here at Bethany before I was ever on staff here and um and it was to some young adults and college students. And I remember in that sermon, uh, I hadn't planned the end of my message to do a gospel presentation, but I remember uh, making eye contact with this one guy, God saying, tonight's the night he's going to get saved, give a gospel presentation. So I shared the gospel presentation, and he came up to me afterwards. And I've known him for a while. I knew where he was living and life he lived that was not in line with God on several different levels. And he came up to me afterwards and he said, guess what happened? I'm like, you gave your life to Jesus. He's like, how did you know? And I was like, hey. You know, I told him what I was even feeling, God leading me up there. But, uh, but then the next episode, now how do we help him walk worthy of the Lord, right? Where Colossians 1 uh, takes us. And uh, at that time, he was living with his girlfriend. They had a kid together. Um, he was uh, living, had other practices as well. And I felt really, I was, I was like, I'm going to meet with him. I'm going to be like, all right, here's what you need to change in your life now. And I really felt like the Holy Spirit said, David, wait. I'll tell him. Mm-hmm. And he got in the word of God. And two weeks later, he comes up to me and he's excited as he's being led by the Spirit according to Scripture and his walk with God. And by God's power beginning to work in him and transform his heart and his mind, he says, I moved out. Uh, I'm still going to be a dad. And, I, and, I, and we're still, I'm supportive, but I told her about my faith and how I can't live together. And, and we have to, and she doesn't know if she wants to be a believer, but I will love her and I'm, I'm not going anywhere else, but I, but I can't date her if she doesn't want to follow Christ. And, and, he, and he named off several other things. And the spirit of God, but you know what happened? Two years later, she got saved. Mm. They are married now, multiple kids, walking in obedience and relationship to God. And I was so convinced that early on, if I had gone with my instinct instead of listening to the Spirit challenge me, mm-hmm. that, oh, my word, God's going to need my help to fix this guy. Yep. yep. And, and I think that's sometimes what we do. We're just Your so convinced God, God needs my help to do this. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and we do want to speak the truth to each other. Don't get me wrong. I would not have gone three months and ignored any of that. Right. But I also was willing to let my heart say, Oh, follow the, the Spirit's prompting mm-hmm. of, I'll do it. Mm, that's good. I will do it and, mm-hmm. and watch it and then help him. And then he did it and I helped him walk it. And, and yep. that's, boy, I think that would, that's another one I think we'll just have a hard time doing sometimes. I think yep. sometimes it's just that, 
that in him mentality. Mm -hmm. In him we do Mm. it. And it's just a place of rest. It's not a place of like, I need to beat myself up until I'm perfect and holy. Mm -hmm. It's it's just recognizing. And I almost would say that it's a form of legalism that I need to control all that. Oh, good. Yes. Instead of God, God, you can do this. No. I need, oh, 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 God expects me to give him this whole list. He's this new believer. Oh, no, I have to give him this whole list of all the stuff he needs to, to do and not do. Him yeah, quickly. yeah, disciple. And, and all of that is all, I mean, good. You need to disciple him. You need all that. But, but it's a control thing. It's, it's a control. I, I, a lot of legalism, weird control. That's a yes, good word. That's a there, good word. There's legalism in that control. And over and over, I see people that, you know, they just want so badly for this person in their life to get that next step. And God, through his Holy Spirit, is going to have to get them there. They're not going to get it until then. Yeah. And let me confess, that's David Baxley. The control side of it, that is me. Oh, yeah. Like, well, thanks, Easy. No, no. I, <laughs> I, oh, yeah, I relate. Oh, yeah. No. Me too. <laughs> Say it that way. Wow. Glenna said amen way too fast. We're out of time. <laughs> we're, we're about no, back. like, I think that's an area where legalism does creep in with me mm-hmm. is, is this, this sense that I have to. I have to control. I have to make sure it's right. I have to make sure it's fair and, or whatever the things. And, and I only want to say that because sometimes we get in these topics and we're like, we could sometimes end up with a narrative of those people. And, and mm-hmm. the thing is, legalism creeps into oh, yeah. all of us. Yep. Different pieces, mm-hmm. different forms, uh, in different ways. Yep. But we can become legalistic about judging legalistic people. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, let's just, like, oh, it's yeah. this vicious yeah. cycle of, uh, that we can do. And, uh, and instead, I, I, something God was speaking to me last week before I was prepping for my message, and he's reminded me so much this week, God is compassionate compassionate and just mm-hmm. to have compassion in our brokenness for each other to have mm-hmm. compassion and you know I think I think this text is section summarized I mentioned this in our preaching team and and with verse 23 and I just kind of want to read that but I want to go into the next section even though that's going to cover that in a couple of weeks but Paul is is dealing with all of this and he and he's saying um, although these have a reputation for wisdom they have a reputation some people are really convinced of it Although I have reputation wisdom, promoting self-made religion. So it seems right. It looks religious. False humility and severe treatment of the body. They are not of any value in curbing self-indulgence. Hmm. So the whole point of this, wow. recognize these things have no value, no value whatsoever to holiness. But then he says, so if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of your of God and set your minds on things above, not earthly things. And that, that we're going to get into that more in a couple of weeks, but if there's anything to hear at the end of this, because we got to come back to Jesus, come back to keep coming back to Jesus, keep coming back to Jesus. And if somehow that wasn't clear enough at the end of my message, let me say it again. Keep your mind on Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's his work. And, it, and when we run after to know Jesus and his word, man, the scripture comes alive and the Holy Spirit will speak to us. Mm-hmm. The, God will begin to, to direct us. God will begin to help us understand. When we go at like, just making sure everyone just does everything the way they're supposed to all the time, then, mm-hmm. then, we, then we'll be like the Pharisees. We'll search the scripture and we'll miss Jesus. Yep. So keep our eyes on Jesus. And so uh, Grow Groups, as you're getting ready for hopefully uh, getting a chance to listen to this before discussion, I want to encourage you to... Um, to, to keep, try to bring the discussion into each other and to keep the, protect against the language of those people. 
yeah, uh, those people and, and more, where do we do it? So mm-hmm. whether whether you feel like you have a more conservatorial bent and you can wrestle through those or, or you're, you're not someone that's ever been accused of being a traditionalist, but where do you still bring that heart and attitude into how you look at others and how you live? Um, we can even make freedom an idol of mm-hmm. legalism where I have to be free in everything. Otherwise, I, you know, and so just to, to be willing to wrestle with that, I, I, I look forward to seeing my, the prayer would be because of a message like this, not condemnation, but I think what Paul was wanting to do is free them. Be free, mm-hmm. be free, be free in Christ, not freedom to sin, freedom against legalism so that you know Jesus more and can, as he gets into chapter three, now live apart from the things of flesh, apart from the Mm -hmm. things because your eyes are fixed on Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's good. We'll end there. The thank you. We went over on this podcast, but it was totally worth it. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me, my theme lately. Sorry. (laughs) We will see you guys Sunday. Have a wonderful week.